SummerSlam, brought to you by Ica Pro. Ica Pro, for everybody that cares about their body. Welcome to that 90s wrestling podcast. Today we are reviewing SummerSlam 1992, all the way back in the Wembley Stadium, the old Wembley, with the uh, tw- was it the Towers or the Twins? Was it called the Towers? The towers. towers. Yeah. Uh, so not the uh, big uh, ugly arch we've got these days. <laughs> cool. And once again joining me, we have Mags, Dan, and Rob. How you doing, lads? He's going first. I was, wait, I was waiting for Mags to jump in. Okay, before I'll go first. I'm doing really well. Got a little bit of a sore throat from a cold. Uh, I had to clean out a, uh, um, a keyboard earlier today because of these two bastards. But yeah, I'm doing really well. <laughs> Rob? Uh, start, starting to worry about what, what uh, footage uh, Mags has got of us if he's having to clean his keyboard out. Oh, it, I'll tell you, it's from the, the episode of uh, UTT uh, podcast that dropped today when uh, you, uh, you, Dan said, oh, I, um, I worked at a supermarket and the only way you, you would moved up the ladder was if you shagged the boss and then you, you said, well, <laughs> at least you kept, uh, what you're doing in your own private life or something like that. It was just, it was hilarious. And I was supping a yeah. lemon sip. Uh, and it just one of those kind of like spit out laughter moments. It was brilliant. That's <laughs> nice a shame. I thought I thought for a minute you were knocking one out to me only, Dan's, where I just sit there, drink beer, <laughs> eat pizza, and watch wrestling in my pants. <laughs> awesome. Well, lads, uh, before we get into the show, so time this goes I'm all right, James. Uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> you you're just there, aren't you? <laughs> How are you doing, Dan, today? <laughs> Well, I'm all right. You got your Mass Effect. You look pretty fucking happy to me. Yeah, I mean, I've got the Mass Effect remaster. That's pretty good. Um, I'm just, I'm really excited to talk about this pay-per-view. It's one of my all-time favourites. It's going to be a good laugh. He's wrote a diatribe. Oh, a dissertation. Uh, He's done his uni dissertation on this. <laughs> It'd be better than my actual uni dissertation. That was wank. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but before we get to it, so by the time this episode goes out, uh, the channel will be uh, one year old, so... Happy birthday. So uh, before we start, I want to say thank you to you three for helping me do these paper reviews. And, uh, you know, Rob, you was on my first ever episode. Uh, Mag's my second. And you've been my uh, Jedi master through all this time, teaching me the miracle of Skype and you, editing. <laughs> you have far surpassed all of us. Uh, this, the way, the how far you've come in, in a year is absolutely phenomenal. Going from, from starting from nothing to being... Uh, so many subscribers being a, a YouTube partner, uh, getting some banging interviews, uh, well on your way to being the best British wrestling interviewer. Thanks. And Dan, I always enjoy your stories. <laughs> and Dan, yeah, you, you, you are also me. here. <laughs> 
you've got there in spite of me. I've been uh, I've been the one that's just been sort of dragging you down a little bit, uh, <laughs> making political jokes and st- scaring away the conservative fan base. <laughs> See that episode of The Simpsons? It's like you know, Maggie, you're so cute. Lisa, you're so smart. Bat, we like you, Bat. <laughs> I watched that one the other night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what you're saying well, is you put up with it, but I'm still one of the most popular characters. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eerily accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll say thank you to you. Uh, I want to say thank you to every guest who's gave me time for this, uh, to come on the show and allow me to have the pleasure of getting these great stories from them. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's checked out the channel, uh, podcast form, or uh, YouTube form. Rather, you've hit that like, you subscribed, comment, shared. Uh, really, really grateful to every one of you. And uh, if you said to me a year ago, Fat, you'd be interviewing the likes of Rob Van Dam, Fintz Russo, Amma Johnson, uh, Candice Michelle, um, Nick Aldis, and I've actually got the likes of um, TJ Wilson, my best friend, um, <laughs> Eric Bischoff, Maria Canellas coming up soon as well. So the best is yet to come for this channel. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's jumped on and hopefully we can just uh, keep growing. So thanks to everyone. So... With all the softiness out of the way. So, yeah, it is SummerSlam 92. It's held in Wembley Stadium on August 29th in front of 80,355 fans. It's disputed, but um, it's around about that number. Originally, the show was going to be held in uh, Washington, uh, but business wasn't that great in America, whereas in Europe, they were just killing it. And I think the original plans was going to be Shawn Michaels v. Bret Hart for the title, but because uh, Bret Hart had fact they was doing it in the UK, he said it only makes sense for me and Davy Boy to do it, which will prove to be uh, true later. But before we get into the show, so even the rest of the media while at time, so um, some bangers today. So on the UK music charts, number one, it was uh, Snap, uh, Rhythm as a Dancer, banging tune. Stands up today, that song. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, top of the US charts, uh, Boys to Men, End of the Road. And <laughs> top of the UK movie charts. Uh, Alien 3, that's a fucking depressing film. Oh, it's so bad. shit compared to the other two. I prefer Resurrection to Alien 3. That's how boring Alien 3 is. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. Alien 3 Alien boring. 3's, Alien 3's got a stellar cast. Yeah, this but is boring. There's Rocky 4. Well, it's just, just Rocky 4. Oh, is oh no, Rocky 4's great. Rocky 4's great. <laughs> okay. It's not I do like Rocky Jason X. I like Jason X. <laughs> is that the one where he goes into space? Yeah, it's awesome. Mecha Jason Uber. in space. Uber Jason. Yeah. Freezes he, he was... his head in liquid nitrogen and smashes it on a table. Awesome. And uh, top of the UK, uh, the US uh, movie chats, uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. I can't see. I've watched that film. And in the video games world, uh, we just saw the release of the Super Mario Kart. Uh, great game. Uh, me, personally, out of all the Mario Karts, I actually prefer Mario 64. Uh, Mario Kart 64, sorry. And yeah, I, I could play that every day, but... Double, double cool. dash for me. Mario Kart double dash on, on the game. Oh, GameCube. That was yeah, a good one. one. Oh, so, yeah, so we get into the show and we see a big advert first for Ico Pro, which was uh, great to see. Uh, any of you uh, tested out Ico Pro? For people who care about their body. Yeah, there's none of so us. Obviously, I have, so not, have not. I've never but, ever known what it actually is. What is it? Is it like a protein drink? I think so. Uh, apparently, funny enough, I think Bruce Pritchard talked about it. Like, you know, when uh, 
Wally could something to wrestle was in its early days, you know, when it was good, uh, before he became a complete <laughs> shill. And uh, it's, it's not the same anymore. It really isn't the same. Um, but he um, said, like I could Pro, he said, <laughs> it didn't really do that many benefits. He said, but it had a great taste. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then uh, we get with no uh, big intro, but we go to the fans outside. And obviously there's the famous uh, British Bulldog uh, fan girl. And she says the British Bulldog's going to win, whether he wants to or not. I know, that's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't want to win the match. <laughs> but but the accent she puts on as well, like a, a little phony uh, American accent. Oh, so good. A lot of uh, Ultimate Warrior fans as well. A hell of a lot. Considering oh, yeah. he was pretty much on his way out. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we was talking about possibly having a shell suit the night, but there was many shell suits on display in the fans <laughs> outside the arena. <laughs> but uh, cool. so we uh, get into the show, and yeah, uh, Fins and Bobby starts us off, and uh, no Gorilla Monsoon, and uh, Bobby Heenan's got his crown. And uh, first match of the night is uh, Money Inc. versus LOD, and uh, Money Inc. Uh, IRS cuts the promo talking about tax cheats. And I'm thinking, you do realise, like, UK people, that the taxes are taken out for them <laughs> by the jobs. And, and, he managed to work and, me, though. He managed to work me. Same British are tax cheating. If you paid your fair share, you wouldn't put a burden on the royal family. Fuck off. They sponge off us. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, ironic politics, that Dad. Dad, 2021 no, has politics. proved the royal family to be... Uh, That's my only one. ...milking us. And then the government giving away billion billion pound contracts to, to the best mate. So, yeah. It's it's certainly right that they deserve to sponge off us. It's lucky that Dan and Mags don't get political on their own podcasts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we avoid it like the plague on our own content. <laughs> I'll be honest, I think your views on the royal family is more controversial than my Michael Jackson joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> cool. So, and then we see LOD come out on the motorbikes um, <laughs> with the state of Hawk. Um, <laughs> State of Rocco. Um, so, what do you think to Rocco making his debut? Rocco was a cunt. Even though he was a dummy, he was a twat. I hated everything about Rocco. The worst thing was, Paul Ellering was an amazing promo, but then he gets Rocco when he has to sit there and do like the vent. <laughs> We've got the best promo in the company, and we're going to give him a ventriloquist doll. <laughs> Let's see how good he really fucking is. Well, Hawk hated it as well, didn't he? Hawk uh, was adamant that he hated the the fact that they were linked to this uh this ventriloquist dummy. But he hated it. I've so never much. seen Rocker outside of this this pay per view. I didn't know of his existence they, before that or after they, it. They did a promo a few weeks before where they're on like a like a building site where a building had just been like uh, demolished, and they did this promo with Rocker, and you could tell that. Hawk just detested being involved. He was fuming. Uh, and then they did this. And then obviously, after this paper, I think Hawk, does he join the Hells Angels or something like that? Or, or rumor, yeah. rumor has it. Uh, I mean, we'll get into it after the match. But yeah. Uh, but as the match starts off, uh, DBRC and Hawk starts things off. And um, Hawk, like, I mean, there's no, I'm not surprised he looked off his tits after seeing uh, Rocco get presented to him. No wonder he just went out for himself and got himself high as a kite. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, not a great match, to be fair. And um, it was weird. There was, a, there's a, I mean, it, it was bad because of Hawk's condition. Like, there was a spot where 
he ran straight into IRS. Like, it, like was it even a shoulder badge? He literally just ran straight into him. Like, he didn't know he was there. And, like, he made a hot tag. And end of the match came where, what do you call it? Uh, sorry, uh, Animal. Well, same again. Hawk got in the way of Animal, like, whipping um, DBRC. And it, Animal's, like, get out the way. Then he hit uh, DBRC with a power slam. And one, two, three. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, not a great match, but yeah, that is the end of the Legion of Doom. So after the match, um, and I actually spoke to Sean Mooney about it, like before they could board a flight, Hawk went missing along with uh, our, our favorite, the Berserker, John Nord. <laughs> the two of them went off and d- decided to uh, join up with the UK chapter, the Hells Angels, didn't catch their flight. And that was actually uh, the end of LOD or the War- Road Warriors as a tag team for a couple of years. And they didn't re- reunite till rather Japan or uh, WCW. So that's the end of the Legion of Doom, and they make the return in 96. So we will, if the show is still going, uh, we will see them again. But it, it's a re- relatively short run when you think about it. I think they debuted at SummerSlam 90, so two years really. So a short but memorable run. So, I mean, Max, you're a big fan of the LOD, so how do you feel about them leaving? Yeah, it's, I mean, knowing now the the uh, how unstable Hawk was uh, with his uh, with his addictions, it made sense that, that WWE just couldn't trust him to to be the face of the tag team division. Uh, I mean, when when a guy literally leaves the pay per view and then goes missing and and joins a Barker gang, um, there's no way you could you could. Uh, Say these are the guys that you're going to put a strap on, but they still were so massively popular. They still got one of the biggest uh, pops. I mean, the the image of them riding down to the ring on 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 the the Harleys with those uh, silver um, shoulder pads is is iconic. Uh, but yeah, the match stunk, and and it's not like LOD were. Uh, exactly ring technicians, but you know what you get with them, and you you didn't get that in this match. You could tell that um, DBRC and, and IRS were trying to kind of carry Hawk to a, a, a decent match. I mean, there were times when he was in a headlock for like two, three minutes at, at a time, yeah. and then when they, he goes for the, the doomsday device, um, I think it's IRS does the, the drop kick to, to uh, disrupt that, so he didn't make a, a fool of himself doing that. The, the end, I always thought, was a botch with the way mm. it just comes from out of nowhere. But you could tell that that was uh, the, the the guys kind of like calling it in the ring, saying, look, we need to to get this out of the way because he's going to, Hawk is going to hurt somebody in, in this. Uh, and you could you could see why that's, he doesn't celebrate as much as maybe Animal does because he didn't know how the finish was coming. Yeah, it was a, a sad way for him to go out, but... Um, uh, I'm, I'm just glad he got they got another run in in WWE, uh, and I'm glad before he, he he passed away he did kind of like get himself back on the right track. But yeah, as a fan at the time, I absolutely loved him. But knowing what went on behind the scenes, yeah, I can understand why WWE uh, were were quick to to get rid of him. Yep, and Robert, yeah, I would imagine you as a fan of these growing up as well. Yeah, big fan. I mean, we've been quite lucky on um, UTC podcast too cover most of that second run just when we've hit it and we've hit it with them looking really good and we've hit it with them looking not so good and we've hit it with Hawk being in the brawl for all and just just looking awful and Paul Ellering coming back basically to kill them off and mm-hmm. yeah. just being sort of sad and there's this one phase in the career where they're with Sonny and 
literally they just wheel them out for a pop and push them back because LOD and Sonny mm. aren't really in a, a state to do anything else but just just walk to the ring and walk back. It, it's it's really sad, really. But you know, when, when they were when they were good, they, they were amazing. Mm. Then. Yeah, I, I didn't know much about the um, <clears throat> excuse me to the backstory of this match. Obviously, I knew Hawk had his problems, but so much of what Mags just said there uh, makes this match make so much more sense. And there's actually um, a bit of a line on uh, on commentary that that takes on a bit more poignancy once you know that, where it feels like um, somebody just taking a shot at, at at Hawk just to try and get him on the. On the you know try and get him back on the right path. I'll get it through to him. And it's when Heenan says he doesn't look much look much like a hawk. He looks like a big dirty pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> Which in 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 isolation when you don't know what's going on, it's typical Heenan. It's quite funny, but could take on a much um, you know much more sinister meaning. The match itself, it was one of those where you just looked at it and thought, yeah, then or at least for me because obviously you know not knowing, there were it was it was fine. The entrance, um, LOD's entrance was probably the best bit. Um, mm. you know, it's well documented on on this show how much we all rate um, rate DBRC. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I did like was I can't remember if it was Hardcore Animal who early on um, got hold of uh, uh, got hold of IRS's tie and actually yeah. stepped on it to uh, yeah. to stop him going over to make the tag. That was a really nice little touch. Yeah, but, I, I um, think I think Bobby calls it his tongue again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one one other thing about this backstory is how good did uh, DiBiase look in white? I mean, you normally see him obviously in those black black tats, but um, I thought the white is a really good good look for DiBiase, especially yeah, on that entrance jacket. Mm, yeah, because he had the black one, didn't he? He had like the petrol petroly green one and the and the white one. I always thought the white one was was his his best ring gear. <laughs> cool. So yeah, so we go to the next segment and we see uh, Main Jean and he's with Ric Flair, who's uh, decked out full wardrobe, even though he hasn't got a match tonight. So um, my favourite though is when Jean was just asking Flair, like, is uh, Mr. Perfect in the Warriors Club? He goes, <laughs> and then he asked him, is he in Savage's Corner? <laughs> so just really like cocky little promo, so it was good. And then we see uh, friend of the show, Sean Mooney, and he's with uh, Virgil. And the only thing I could just notice was just a big lump of snot hanging out of Virgil's nose. <laughs> I could have only saw the bloody constipated faces he was pulling when he was shadow boxing. <laughs> and and the last bit, he, he almost threatens to punch Sean Mooney. He's, that was a really weird kind of like build up to the match. But he'd also gone back to his his uh his uh macho man uh tarts because he, he, he did the whole thing with Roddy Piper wearing like almost like boxing shorts and now he's gone back to the, the stripy tarts. Yes. It was um, it was muddled though this promo. Sorry Rob, I'm I'm carrying over the gimmick from UTT. Well, <laughs> this weird bit at the end where he goes, I'm different, I'm too legit to quit. And he does like this little dance while he's saying and it. And he cuts his throat as well. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he just didn't know whether he wanted to be a, a face or a heel in this promo. Yeah. Do unto others before they have the chance to do unto me. So you're a prick. And then saying, like, unlike all the good people in London and around the world, he's too legit to quit. So that means you're not a good person. Cool. So he is part of the next match and he's against the uh, debut in Nails. And uh, so Nails, so the backstory for Nails, he was uh, abused uh, prisoner by the big boss man. How's Nails the heel in this storyline? Surely to God, the big boss man who's using his power 
beating on these uh, prisoners, <laughs> abusing his power, surely he would be the hill, wouldn't he? It's always the way in wrestling, though, isn't it? You know, um, when they had that uh, Rusev and Lana wedding reception, Roman Reigns comes out and destroys it. And everyone's yeah. booing Rusev and Lana for having the wedding reception destroyed. It's like, <laughs> what? I love it as well, Fat. He kept his uh, orange jumpsuit, and I'm thinking, shouldn't that be property of like the state? Yeah. <laughs> and and who's going to try and take it off him? <laughs> oh, he had a lot of proper. At like... least he combed his hair, though. That was one good thing. He combed a centre parted into his hair, like a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing. One thing I did notice, and I, I don't even remember noticing it uh, watching the match before. How bad he was at getting in and out of the ring. It's yeah. like he didn't have a clue how to do it. Like it took him forever to get out of the ring, and then took him forever to get back in the ring. Really weird. Like very lumbering. Yeah, I mean the two the two skills he seemed to have worked on was uh, clotheslines and chokeholds. Yeah, pretty <laughs> that much. Was two, that was his two go tos. <laughs> the Undertaker school of uh, matches at the point. <laughs> <laughs> I think I noticed Vince McMahon fuck up a call as well, which was a, a bit of a running theme. Um, Neil smashed Virgil's face into the apron, and McMahon said he smashed his face into the buckle. How are Vince? I'm pretty sure that when uh, SummerSlam went out originally, I don't think it was live, I think maybe they put it on a day later in the UK or whatever, I'm pretty sure they didn't show this match. I'm pretty sure they cut away to a um, uh, a football analysis show with um, Andy Gray and um, Matt, um, Richard Keyes talking about an Ipswich Town game. Oh, Gee, right. I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> going from bad to worse with them too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I mean, well, I mean, that's a good uh, thing you brought up, Rob, because uh, two um, matches got cut out. It was uh, broadcasted for the American audience. So two sh- uh, matches we missed. I say we missed out. Nasty Boys for the Bushwhackers. So I think we were saved from that. And um, Papa Shango for uh, El Matador. Originally, Papa Shango was originally meant to be against uh, Hulk Hogan. And then the Texas Tornado. Then in the end up, it was El Matador. So uh down, 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 they went for his matches. So, no Papa Shango tonight, but he did win his match. So, uh, he won on his pay-per-view debut, you could say. But, yeah, clotheslines and chokers, that's the only thing I could say about this match. And uh, Nails wins and attacks uh, Virgil afterwards. And uh, I think everyone was expecting Bossman to run out because all the fans were just looking at the entrance, Ray. But uh, it wasn't to be. So, that's Nails with a debut victory. So... Then we see um, Lord Alfred Hayes <laughs> he, he banging on the match of man's thought. Proving himself absolutely fucking useless. All he confirmed was that the door is locked. Yeah, pretty much. The best bit was he goes, I can confirm the door's locked. And then he tries the lock, he tries the lock again, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> he was hilarious. And uh, we see the uh, next bit, and it's... Um, Mean Gene, he's with Sherry, and it shows a video package of the upcoming match between HBK and Martel with the uh, stipulation fact they wasn't allowed to hit each other into the fa- in the face. And, yeah, just showed them interfering in each other's matches. And uh, Gene asks Sherry, who are you going to be with? I'm going to be with my man. And in the background, you can hear H- uh, Shawn Michaels, Sherry, come on. Okay, Sean. <laughs> As um, <laughs> Shawn Michaels must have stole his uh, gimmick uh, later on from Sherry because uh, the assless chaps as well. <laughs> oh God, the jokes from Heenan and uh, from Heenan and Vince. It was it was just rapid fire ass jokes. Yeah, they they loved it. They absolutely loved it. Did you like Martel's uh, Wimbledon outfit? 
All white. Kenneth, uh, yeah. Bobby Heenan no. said it was the worst case of moths you'd ever seen when he saw Sherry Atlas chat. And as for Rick Martell, he looks like somebody cast Sylvester Stallone to play a Will Ferrell character. <laughs> uh, did you like the full-length uh, mirror that Sherry was carried to the ring with Sean? That was a good touch. I did like that. It was. And, uh, yeah, uh, my my favourite, though, was when, like, uh, Sean's fame is hit and Bobby Heenan always whistles to it. Because <laughs> at first, I, thought that I was looking around, I thought, he's whistling around me, and I'm like, oh, it's Bobby <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it's a. Uh, this was a good match. I actually um, really enjoyed this match, and um, I mean, kudos to the cameraman. He he was in the right places also. Um, but yeah, I've really f- enjoyed this match, and it, it was kind. It kind of reminded me a little bit. Obviously, it's complete. Uh, but you know, like the um, comedic and the timing of, like, say, the Martel and Jake Roberts match. It was obviously the blindfold match was kind of like that, but obviously more, you know, legitimately uh, contested and. I really did enjoy his matches. What did you think? Yeah, I, not, I, a lot. Not, not a lot, so we'll move on to the next match. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just too polite. <laughs> we'll, we'll go in order. Mags, Dan, and uh, Mags, <laughs> Robin, Dan. Mags, Robin, Dan. <laughs> I, I thought it was a, a good match. It's not often you get heels versus heels matches, but uh, in this case, I think it, it really worked having that kind of a sherry as uh, as the, the 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 focus point of this match. Um, the 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 in ring stuff was 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 really good quality. The the whole stipulation of not hitting each other in the face that led to a few good points where will they won't. Then then we get like a the the slap contest uh, halfway through. Um, then the, the the bit that really kind of made the match for me though was when Sherry faints uh, fainting, <laughs> and then uh, Sean goes to to like help her and, and uh, inadvertently pushes her on the floor. Uh, then they they're arguing between each other about who's 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 going to help her, and then they're farting on the way down the to uh, the 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 backstage, and Sherry like pops her head up like. Where the fuck have these two gone? Uh, pretends to faint again. Yeah, I thought it was it was great comedy. And from two, uh, I mean, we all know uh, Rick Martel can do good comedy matches anyway. Shawn Michaels not really known for it, but I thought he he did really well um, in in this. And yeah, it was a, a really fun match. Um, perfect way to end it with a with a uh, the the double count out uh, disqualification, whatever it were. Uh, I enjoyed it. Me thought it was a good match. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, one of my favourite moments when Martel's given CPR, and Heenan <laughs> like was Heenan was like, "Hold my head, say you stay here." <laughs> and uh, I mean, and then the, the biggest highlight of the match was so when they're fighting up the ring, uh, the agents came out and we saw our favourite Rene Goulet. So we saw our first spot of him. So always great to see uh, Rene. Uh, but yeah, uh, double count out uh, for the match. So yeah, um, really enjoyed it. And I suppose the. Uh, Bit at the end where he throws water over Sherry and uh, Shawn Michaels really done it. So, did you enjoy it, Rob? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was just the way that Sherry can play that sort of slapstick character, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and she'd really, you know, made the uh, the match at WrestleMania um, seven sort of thing with how much she she bumps and you know how, how roughly can you be be treated and all that sort of stuff. And there was just this thing of like every time Sean picked her up, we were p- picking her up like a pack, uh, a bag of spuds. They were like, <laughs> careful at all. 
And then Martel's like trying to carry her nicely, and then Sean's like over the shoulder. <laughs> but uh, cool. And uh, Dan, uh, I would imagine you like this next segment as well. So we saw Sean Mooney's with the Nasty Boys, and I just wrote down sweaty promo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wee bit, but just uh, just going back to just going back to the match, I actually thought a lot of the early action, sort of the one-upsmanship element of it, was just absolute quality. You know, um, like Michael shooting off Martel, drop down, leapfrog, does another leapfrog, and you got Martel just cartwheeling away. Yeah, um, I absolutely, good. yeah, absolutely love anything like that, and they're both trying to do the same, you know, similar things, which were just fantastic. But we we glossed over the fact that we got more ass jokes in the middle of the match when uh, they both tried to pull the tights. And yeah. uh, Sean's there trying to pull his duds up and uh, what was it? Heenan says, I've never seen so many smiles in all my life. And Vince is there saying, talk about cheek to cheek. Um, <laughs> Vince is loving it. <laughs> I think Heenan, even Heenan had, um, Heenan, like, Heenan spent a lot of time sort of fawning over Sherry. And then at the end, when she gets drenched in water, he says something along the lines of, I thought the Wicked Witch of the West was supposed to melt when she got water on. <laughs> He was like, make your mind up, Bobby, come on. Um, but yeah, big sweaty promo from uh, from the Nasty Boys coming up. Um, they were just, yeah, I, I was kind of just like, they always seem to start promos laughing. Oh, and everyone. And Jimmy yeah. Hart's just there having his little, <laughs> weasley little fuck. Um, and I was well, like, what was... are they laughing at? What are they laughing at? It turns out they were laughing at Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> so at yeah. least they made it make sense. Um, it, and it was a start. Just, it was a start. It was the start of their face turn, really, because uh, they said that, you know, we're next in line for the tag team title shots, and they went to Jimmy, we're next in line, and Jimmy, uh, but Jimmy was like, well, it's Money Inc. fair sort of thing. It's like, okay, you got title shots, so yeah. this is the beginning of their face turn, really, uh, but it does lead into the next uh, tag team titles ma- uh, match, and I forgot to mention that Money Inc. wasn't the tag champs anymore, because uh, the Natural Disasters beat them on the house show, so our next match with the tag team titles is the... Uh, Beverly Brothers for Natural Disasters, and uh, we start off with a genius poem, and then the disasters walking down the ring. Typhoon had the biggest smile on his face walking to the ring. <laughs> Did you see him? It, it was it was like going, "Hey, how are you doing?" To to the fans that were like were cheering him, he he yeah, he, he loved it. He absolutely <laughs> he he plays a way better face than he does a heel. I don't I don't think you could ever kind of like. Uh, take him seriously as a as a heel. Earthquake definitely you can. Uh, he played yeah. a heel really well. Uh, and to be fair, he actually played a good face, in, especially in, yeah. in 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 this role. But yeah, Tafferin, no matter what, he's always going to be Uncle Fred, isn't he? I tell you, it was with the Beverly Brothers. You know, the, the Beverly Brothers comes across as a tag team who would be loved by the internet wrestling community these days. <laughs> you know, like a jobber tag team. <laughs> Typically, that's what gets over the IWC these days, jobbers. And I feel like the Beverly Brothers, if they was about today, they would be massively over online. I mean, you'd be, they'd be over just for the size of the shoulder pads that they had on, on the robes. <laughs> I still uh, don't know which one's which. Oh, Blake oh, Blake got the rake. So shout to OSW Review. So Blake's got the rake, so the mustache, and uh, Bo was the clean-shaven one. <laughs> So, yeah, that's the only reason I know, because of OSW Review. Um, I, uh, and I think this is the pay-per-view debut of uh, Mike Kyoto as well, which was uh, fun to see. So, uh, spoiler, might be getting him on the show soon, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> what a flex. What an absolute oh. flex. <laughs> Names UK, dropped this evening. Another one. <laughs> U- the UK's number one podcaster, according to uh, my friends Jofo and the Ring, the Canadians. So, they know where it's at. Um I love uh, Bobby's new nickname for the typhoon, uh, the buffoon. 
That <laughs> <laughs> gave me a chuckle. <laughs> but I, to be fair, I actually enjoyed this match. I really did. It was a lot better than the opening tag team match. And uh, it's weird because Typhoon's a massive guy, but he seemed to play this, you know, the Ricky Morton role, I suppose you could say. He played it really well. And um, I actually did think it was a good put-together tag team match. And Zazdis win when... Um, Earthquake gets the uh, power slam followed by the Earthquake splash, and the fans do go mental when they get the pin, so I enjoyed it. What did you think, Rob? Yeah, it, it was kind of the first turn you never knew you needed, wasn't it? Uh, it, was, mm. it kind of worked, because they were they were pretty limited in what they could do, given the size. But working first, and having you know the Beverly Brothers cut the ring in half, and just work them on the ropes, and that kind of thing, it, it covered all that up, so you didn't even notice they were limited. And then you just get a quick comeback at the end sort of thing. So, you know, the, uh, I guess we're used to seeing them as um, heels, but it felt so much better seeing them as faces. It fit just so much better. Yeah. And uh, I, and I think it's kind of because, Dan, like myself, uh, you enjoy, like, Hoss matches. So seeing this big Hoss tag team, I, I can imagine it was something you got behind as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I always like to watch uh, Natural Disasters going back. I think I was... Um... From reports, because uh, when I was on for, on my first podcast recording with Mags, I had to uh, shout my dad and ask uh, ask him how, what I was actually like watching uh, watching this pay per view. Funnily enough, and yeah, apparently uh, natural disasters. I was just like in awe of from the outset, and yeah, just absolutely love the guys. Obviously, very versatile, even though the uh, the were limited, you know, in terms of playing face and heel. Um, I just I just liked it. And just you got to shout out more. Um, just more amusing commentary from Heenan. Vince McMahon starts bollocking on about the amount of scaffolding equipment. Says something like 15 tons of scaffolding, scaffolding equipment overhead and Bobby just goes, no, that's just natural disasters. Um, <laughs> he had another one as well, but it, it, it escapes I, me. I don't know if they get earthquakes here in London. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that was it then. When they did the, um, I think the pancake, both Beverly brothers between them and then got them both in, uh, both in one, you know, just like big belly smash. And then yeah. you got, I think it was Vince actually came out with talk about the Earl of Sandwich. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it was a couple of great calls. It, this wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best best match I've ever seen, but it was fine. It was, like you say, it was damn sight better than uh, than the opening tag and another classic Heenan when uh, going towards the finish when the uh, the Beverleys tried to double team Earthquake, but he just ran through both of them, launched one of them out. Yeah. And so Earthquake and Typhoon are in the ring, and he's just like, "That's not fair. It's eight on one." It's 10 on 1. <laughs> <laughs> but go. Cool. And then we see next segment, we see uh, Gene Oakland and he's with the Bushwhackers. And they said they've been invited by the royal family. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Them sitting down having food with the royal family. <laughs> Some royal sardines they were going to have for the meal. And then they were going to get to sit on the royal throne. And then uh, I think it's uh, uh, Luke says, I hope you brought something to read. I thought that is a quality, quality little gag. Credit for the toilet joke, but this promo was largely shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for knowing that they, they had a dart match on, on uh, that didn't end up airing, you, you'd wonder why they're there and also why the Nasty Boys were actually there because the yeah. promos didn't really do anything. No. And uh, then we see uh, Lord Alfred Hayes again, and uh, I love this because he's outside the Warriors' door. I'm going to go against my ethics to see if the Mr. Perfect was in the room. And he goes to open door and someone closes his face. How rude. I'm thinking just <laughs> to go into the locker room. <laughs> you know, he's a fucking useless room. bastard in this sh- on this show. Is it my exhaustive search has come to an end. You've been to two dressing rooms, you dick. 
Well, give one it of my favorite. <laughs> but the, my the best part of this this promo though was the the Ultimate Warrior side was something that a kid and, and obviously coloured in and and yeah. stuck on. It was horrific. Uh, but yeah, Alfred is how rude that somebody who slammed a door in a room that I was not invited in. How dare they! <laughs> Shocking and vulgar act of rudeness. <laughs> we, only well, get, I... well, I say, we only get three people on this show from, from World of Sport, given that we're not that far away from World of Sport ending and you know being the biggest show in Britain. And Lord Alfred Hayes is one of them, and that's like the representative we've got of British wrestling. <laughs> yeah. and, and one of the others is Kamala. So yeah. oh good lord. <laughs> But um, now one of my favourite segments, Alfred Hayes done. I think it. I I didn't know if it was on pay per view. It was on one of the super tapes. It must be on one of the super tapes from back in the day. And he's he's doing a segment with uh, Sherry, Sensational Sherry. And this is like just as actually during this sort of time. And she's doing like she says, right? I'm gonna go and get dressed, undressed now. And he's like, oh, can I watch? <laughs> he was a proper perverted little man. <laughs> he was funny. And the next one, big match. So the mega powers explode. As the Reaper man takes on Crush, bro. I love Kona Crush with a passion, and he makes Reaper man his bitch in his match mugs. <laughs> I, I skipped this one, I couldn't see them do mad, do dirty. Um, but yeah, Hawaiian Crush, he looked a massive specimen, didn't he? Um, he just looked so huge and. It, it was wasn't that long ago that he was the th- the the third man of demolition, and now uh, he's he's beating up his his former buddy. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a squash match, uh, really kind of putting Crush over as like this huge powerhouse. Um, poor guy destroyed um, Repo Man's brains with that with that uh, 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 Crush kind of I don't even know the name of his finishing move. But where he just squeezes the head, the cranium crutch or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a five minute match that filled a bit of time and and upset me because they beat the best wrestler that's ever lived. I wrote down fat crazy to me. I, I I wrote down the Hawaiian Rob Terry. <laughs> he looked <laughs> a spitting image, <laughs> and he's definitely a contender for Mother of the Night. <laughs> so. Um... We'll get to it later, but yeah, Chris, uh, quick victory over the Reaper Man. He's paid for your debut, and yeah, I like I said, I, I was a fan of Kona Chris, and uh, I loved the theme song and the look. And I mean, it's definitely that new generation sort of you know era we're going into. But big fan of Kona Chris, so it's great to uh, see him on the show. And yeah, and we um, get to the next. Uh, we see Jane and promotes the uh, video package between uh, Savage and the Warrior feud uh, for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And the basic storyline going to this is the teasing that Mr. Perfect will be in the corner of either man. And they kind of spoil it because they show um, some clips of Flair and um, Perfect attacking Warrior one week, then attacking Matcha Man the other week. So I'm thinking, well, surely they're not going to support either wrestler. Um, but it was crazy. But we get into the match and uh, Warrior comes out first and do you see the amount of people running towards the front row when Warrior came out? It was it was massive. Uh, there's not many people who get a bigger pop than LOD, but these two both got huge pops. Yeah. And uh, Matcha Man, uh, <laughs> as I wrote down, he seems to be the mid-card WWE champion, a gimmick that CM Punk would uh, take years later. 
Yeah, but uh, in in America, didn't they didn't they switch the uh, the 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 run around? So this was on last. That's um, right. Yeah. So the the majority of the audience will still have thought that this was the the biggest match on the card. Yeah, it must have been weird for it, it must have been weird for when they saw this match. It was like uh, still a bit of daylight, and then they went to watch Bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> They're wrestling at 2am to 5am. It's like an AEW dark show where it's the next morning by the time they finish surf recording. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what do you reckon to uh, Warrior's uh, bodysuit? He looked like like a meathead in Lady Gaga's meat dress. He looked like bacon. He actually looked like it was made of bacon. Maybe it was um, maybe it heated up bacon as it ran. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe Fort Hogan was onto something. <laughs> Ultimate warrior by way of Dane Pack bacon. <laughs> Someone must have liked doing creative, and they and they thought, I like that idea. We'll stick that onto a seven foot giant in a few months' time. Yeah, because even in the the promo video of him uh, being attacked by uh, Flair, uh, Perfect, and the Nasty Boys, he had a, a similar one there that what it, it was like literally drawn on like muscles and abs and and an arse crack, and it was like, yeah, this is really really weird. Yeah. Airbrushed arse crack. <laughs> Because cause the the one on the promo, he has like a black Ultimate Warrior uh, like symbol on his ass cheeks. Where in this one, he obviously had the the writing down the middle of his back. Yeah, but just who thinks that's a good idea? Do you know what? I've, I've got a good plan for you. Why don't you go out as a strip of bacon? Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. But the the was... crazy thing about wrestling is the wrestlers are the ones that buy the gear. And yes. the, the promotions just let them go out in it. It's like it's like Ric Flair always wears the same stuff when he's losing. It's like why why would you let him do that? All right, you're yes. fine, Rick. Just you know, the, the warrior wants to go out to him and make him look naked. Yeah, that's fine. I've <laughs> seen that episode of The Simpsons when they go skiing. Ned Flanders is in the suit. Feels like I've got nothing going on. It was pretty much like that because he even pauses on, obviously does the 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 top rope pause, and it zooms into his crotch, and it may as well have drawn a dick and balls on his on his on his uh, gear. It was just yeah, it was not a good look, Warrior. Jesus Christ, man. My oh, my favorite oh, was, oh. The stand-off, was the standoff. Was the standoff? Respect, respect. <laughs> All I kept thinking was Ali G. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect. I'm still chuckling at the idea of Warrior doodling a donger on his gear. Didn't Hulk Hogan say in his court case that um, Hulk Hogan the wrestler had an eight-inch dick, but Hulk Hogan the man didn't? No, Terry Bollea the man had a had a five-inch one. Yeah. So that's how the Warrior gets round it. one. <laughs> And when he's excited, he just like draws a little bit longer. <laughs> That's to stop him originally because he had a marker pen halfway down his thigh. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there is a match going. We, we can probably just do a full segment just talking about his single hit. But yeah, um, it wasn't a bad match, to be fair. I mean, I, it's not anything like the Mania 7 match. Um, but I, I did actually enjoy this match. Uh, you could tell the fans was more behind the Warrior. Because there was a, quite a few moments where uh, Savage took over, he would start getting a few boos and um, some good spots. And then, like towards the end, uh, Flair and Perfect walked down, 
and um, Warrior goes for the splash. He gets knees, and then perfect uh, trips um, Macho. And uh, yeah, it's it quite a back and forth match. So I did actually uh, really enjoy it. And um, yeah, um, a lot of things happen. And like towards the end, um, Macho Man realizes that, you know, uh, perfect and flares attack the Warrior. So instead of doing the uh, elbow into the Warrior, he decides to dive to uh, Flair gets hit by the chair and Warrior wins by count out and then Warrior runs them two off and him and Macho Man celebrates in the ring but pleasantly surprised this was actually a good match so what did you think to it Max? Yeah um, I think everybody knows that Warrior was not the best uh, in ring um, he normally is uh, at his best when he has a, a kind of like a Bill Goldberg style squash match but there's something about him wrestling Savage where it brings out actual wrestling moves from from uh, Warrior. I mean, you've seen him doing like stuff like suplexes and backbreakers and sidewalk slams, stuff that he wouldn't necessarily normally do. Um, so uh, I think that's a, a testament to how good of a, a ring general Savage was that he can get such a good match out of someone who is who is technically inept as a wrestler. Um, the finish, um, yeah. It, 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 it did what it needed to do. It kept Savage um, uh, with the title, but it also kept uh, Ultimate Warrior uh, looking strong um, and going into the the the, the feuds that w- that were uh, be- between like uh, Flair and 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 Perfect and stuff like that. It, it, it did what it needed to do. I think it just took away from the really good action that we got in the first first half of the of the match. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a, a really well done match. I, I just can't believe, James, that you, you didn't use the Warriors costume to slip uh, your manscaped advert in. <laughs> that that would have been the perfect time because he was hairless like a baby mouse. Uh, I'd be honest, I think my time this episode goes out, I won't be sponsored by Manscaped no more. So. <laughs> now, to, to, to be fair, I mean, quick note on that. I, I actually just done that for a bit of fun and. I think I actually, at the time of recording, I, I do get a, I will be getting messages off them tomorrow, but uh, I did it for a bit of fun. And I've, I've said to a lot of years, uh, and this is something I was going to mention, um, what he caught, I'm not in it for the money. Don't get me wrong, if the channel blows up, I'm like, yeah, I can earn thousands an episode, but yeah. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. At the end of the day, you, you chant your arm, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you can't yeah. say you didn't try. Yeah, and uh, the, and the manscape thing was a bit of fun, and uh, same as like I've passed a thousand subs now, and if I want, I can sign up for the YouTube monetization. Uh, but I don't want to because there's nothing worse than when you're watching a video and like an ad pops up, and mm-hmm. if people's gonna take time out of their day to watch my videos, I don't want them to be watching through ads. So um, yeah, the manscape one was a bit of fun for me, but yeah, it would have been a good segue, uh, Rob. <laughs> But in in uh, terms of the match, I mean, I, I'm a massive Flair fan, and I loved him at this point. But there was too much Flair; um, it, it was just over the top. Um, the thing that I did like though was when um, Flair had a chair in his hand, and Vince McMahon's sort of shouting, "He's got a chair! He's got a chair!" And Bobby Heenan uh, says he's just looking for somewhere to sit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was a fun match, though. I was amazed by how. Not amazed by how good it was, but I think when we watched uh, WrestleMania Seven and looked at that, we we all agreed that it was it was Savage and Sherry and uh, who sort of saw Warrior through that, and Sherry was the MVP of the match, and I think the whole show we uh, we almost yeah. unanimously gave that to to Sherry, but like you say, Savage pulled out 
sort of 10, 10, maybe 15 really good minutes out of Warrior and made him look an absolute million dollars and himself. So, yeah, it was phenomenal. Like I said, a bit too much flair. Um, one thing that did sort of half amuse me, I, I try not to criticise what anybody does in the ring because Christ knows it's more than I, even the basics is more than I can do. But Savage hit the slowest sunset flip ever at one yeah. point. It was like watch, it was like watching an indie slow-mo match. Bless him. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, and uh, he came back on the last show, but this is his departure again, the Ultimate Warrior. So, um, yeah, so the original plans leading to the next pay-per-view, the Survivor Series, it was going to be himself and Macho Man tag-teaming up as the um, Ultimate Maniacs, which is a great name. Uh, they would have been tagging up against Ric Flair and Razor, the debut in Razor Ramon, but because of the steroid trials uh, being in full effect during these days, um he basically got released because I, I I haven't got it with me, but it was rather he got caught with a shipment, him and Bulldog or something along them lines, or they got done for something where they wasn't really in the wrong. Um, I don't I don't think they was in the wrong, but because of the size of the guys, I suppose uh, it was the reason it gave um, Vince McMahon an excuse to kick him out the door, basically. Uh, so that's the end of the Warrior and. After this as well, Matchman actually loses the WWE title against Ric Flair. And uh, by the time we get to the next pay-per-view, that will have changed again. But I'll save that spoiler till then. I don't know how to spoil it. It's 20-odd years ago, but uh, 30 <laughs> years ago. 30 years ago. But yeah, so Warrior came back, but he's gone again. So uh, we won't see him again until 96. Uh, how do you feel about the Warrior leaving again? I mean, if, as a fan... Uh, at the time, it was it was huge, and for it, it it's a big loss uh, because he he does get huge pops. Whether you like him in as an in ring talent or not, the guy was was massively popular. But it comes with so much baggage that again you you kind of can't fault WWE for not wanting to put their eggs in in that basket. Yeah, it's like um, that episode of uh, UTT that you were on with us, Mags, where um, I read from uh, the magazine and Vince Russo has done this article where he says that, you know, every time the Warrior and WWF come together, then both sides kind of know that it's going to end badly. Mm -hmm. But they do it because when it works, it's magic. Yeah. And, yeah, you, you can't really... Explain it better. It, it always falls apart, but there's always a little bit where it's magic. And, and um, this match was certainly one of them. Cool. And yeah, and so we go to the next bit and we see uh, Harvey Whippleman and he introduces uh, Kamala with uh, Kim Chi. Does any of you know who Kim Chi is? Brooklyn Brawler. That's the right. Is that uh, who it was? Yeah, I thought Brooklyn Kim Chi was like soured. Uh, cabbage, <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn brawler. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say as well, um, Howard Finkel sarcastically introducing Harvey Whippleman. What uh, just a masterful moment that was! And then Harvey okay. Whippleman threatening to knock him out. <laughs> I back Howard Finkel in that fight. <laughs> exactly, it was about three stone piss wet through, yeah. but yet the deepest voice of any human on earth. Yeah, mate, he was like uh, fucking uh, Loki, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, see if, I, I think he's alive, Whippleman. I'm going to have to see if I can I inquire about getting him on the show. 
Speaking of alive and uh, dead, uh, The Undertaker, what an entrance with the hairs coming out. Yeah, that was so cool. Um, but yeah, and uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon, not Bobby this time, but Vince McMahon came out of a racist uh, phrase. So uh, they talk about The Undertaker and uh, what he, the, the, what's the difference between The Undertaker and Kamala. And uh, Bobby Heenan says uh, along the lines that The Undertaker is dead. And Kamala's living, and Vince McMahon says, "Oh, if you call that living," and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I didn't even notice that." <laughs> yeah, oh, Vince. <laughs> I did like one of one of one of Heenan's uh, little comments in the uh, Taker entrance was uh, they had a shot of the hearse from the front, uh, you know, just sort of like front slightly to the side, so bearing the driver. You see the driver, and Heenan just goes, "Look at that idiot! The steering wheel's on the wrong side." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many years paused uh, the, the network to see who the driver was? <laughs> I didn't. I, I actually didn't know. No, I try. I tried to look it up. I got the idea. It was. Is this the? Is this the truest that the Undertaker gimmick's been performed? By the way, like he's actually a legit Undertaker during his entrance with an S. I mean, you could well be. I mean, there is that obviously the the body bags and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think this is one of his cooler entrances. Yeah, definitely memorable. I can't, I can't remember who I saw it from on Twitter today, but they were basically pointing out that The Undertaker essentially became a zombie wizard. Because he's meant to be undead, but he's got magic powers. And I was kind of sat there just like, yeah, that makes it even more ridiculous that the whole thing worked. It's not and even The Undertaker, though. He's like a grave digger. The Undertaker's the person that arranges sort of the funeral. Yeah, Paul, Paul Bear is essentially The Undertaker. Well, Paul Bearer was the embalmer, but he didn't do any embalming. None of none of them do what they do. At least Repo Man repoed things. <laughs> <laughs> and crush crushed things. <laughs> well, Undertaker made coffins. So does Undertaker make coffins? Or, did it, or was there like a coffin maker? That's a carpenter. <laughs> Join him. The, the Undertaker gimmick could lose a bit of uh, a bit of mystique if all he had was just showing him sat behind a desk, right, taking notes and writing, just like writing down a format. Yeah, a little co-op funeral logo on his. <laughs> yeah, just coming to the ring. I'm sorry for your loss. This, this is our next series, ain't it? You're like just analysing the gimmicks. How true are they? Did the wrestler? <laughs> The Undertaker, he went from a coffin maker. <laughs> In the end, he became the devil to an MMA, and then he became an MMA fighter. <laughs> and zombie wizard. <laughs> zombie wizard, American biker. Fucking hell, I thought Chris had a few gimmicks. <laughs> you can just jack, of, jack of all trades. You can just imagine his disciplinary hearing at the co-op, can't you? <laughs> it's a lot of work. What's your excuse? <laughs> Paul Bear is his union rep. <laughs> <laughs> go. uh, We're going on strike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they put out clips of the reviews and put out a clip of this. <laughs> oh, God. Um... <sighs> They had a match. Who cares? Rob making a dead man. They had a match. So yeah, Taker goes, uh, gets a choke slam on there, 
Kamala goes to the tombstone. Kimchi hits him for the DQ win for Taker. And yeah, Kamala actually looks strong afterwards. He beats down on Taker, a few top rope splashes, and then Taker sits up. I can't say he chases Kamala to the back. He kind of walks him to the back. <laughs> and uh, yes, and we'll see the two of them again at, at next pay per view Survivor Series. And uh, then we see um, <clears throat> Sean Mooney, friend of the show, and he's with. Uh, the British Bulldog. Uh, I loved the Bulldog. Thought he was never the greatest interviewer, was he? I thought this this um, promo here. It was quite reserved because normally he's a bit of that sort of shouty cocaine promo, and it was almost as if someone had told him he was going to be on the BBC or something for this one. It was <laughs> strangely calm. Yeah, although he did he did towards the end of it when he's giving that grin, he he had a bit of a faraway look in his eye and his, his smile was a little bit wonky. He he, he looked higher than Giraffe Pussy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we see uh, Gene with Brett afterwards. Uh, this is actually not a bad promo by Brett. It was a bit of the heel, I suppose, with this promo. And like saying, you know, I'm the one who introduced you to my sister in the first place. Uh, I brought you to the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, so this was actually, this is probably one of the best promos I've seen Brett do up to this point. Because, I, I mean, you could say the last promo he'd done with Roddy Piper was a great promo, but it was pretty much all Roddy, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, so this is probably Brett's best promo up to this point and yeah um the main event so um i can imagine that this is going to take uh, the biggest part of the, the uh review but before we do get into the match uh, me, me and rob aren't even going to speak about it we're just going to let dan go off <laughs> <laughs> but we see the uh Balmoral Highlanders, and uh, we see Roddy Piper's surprise because he actually left after Mania, uh, but they brought him in for this show as just a surprise. And then he'll make sporadic appearances after this. Uh, he doesn't wrestle again to, I think, King of the Ring against Jerry Lawler, King of the Ring uh, 94, I think it is. So that's his next match. So it's a couple of years away, but nice to see Roddy Piper. Uh, did I ever tell you about my Roddy Piper story when I went to see him live? I don't think so. No, I, I, so it's back in Nottingham, 2006, uh, a Raw live show, and uh, he was actually tag team champions with Ric Flair that night. Surreal, I know. <laughs> and uh, they was actually teamed up with the Highlanders against uh, the Spirit Squad. It's like an eight man tag match. But before they came out, uh, before the match started, like uh, Roddy Piper um, is caught in the promo, and, and Lillian Garcia was like, "In juice, welcome home, Roddy, Rowdy Piper." He comes back, and <laughs> I know he likes to portray that he's British or Scottish. It's so great to be back here, Nottingham. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like Kevin Costner and Robin Hood. <laughs> but um, it was great to like because I've only been to like one show, so it's actually you know it's quite a good thing to say. If I actually saw Rick Flair and Roddy Piper as tag team champions. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty uh, cool. One thing I did notice in this. Um... In this little bit with the the Balmorals, is I I thought Roddy was faking playing the bagpipes, yeah. um, but then when you see the like the wider shots and you see uh, I, I focused on on the like the the finger action. I don't know what you call it, but um, he was in time with with all the the rest of the the guys. So he, whether he took some lessons or uh, whether they they, um, they showed him how to play or not, but it looked like he was genuinely playing the bagpipes, which uh, I've heard is uh, a really difficult instrument to, to be able to, to play, so props I think for him for doing that. I think, I think he, he actually him. did learn. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm sure I heard it somewhere. So you are right to be impressed by the timing of his fingering. <laughs> well, that's why he's called Brad Brody Piper. He, he actually played in a bagpipe band when he was a teenager. Oh, cool. Uh, and even um, they did, oh, years ago, uh, Ric Flair and Roddy Piper were on an episode of Wife Swap, where they swapped oh, It was really funny, actually, because I know Piper was playing the bagpipes on that, but um, it was really funny because at the end, when they sort of, you know, meeting around the table, they were going, Rick, you've got to slow down. If you keep living your life at this rate, you won't be here this time next year. And obviously, <laughs> it's Piper that's not there. <laughs> You know, um, but yeah, uh, no, he, he definitely played the bagpipes. But yeah, I think they literally piped the music in on this one, which uh, the bagpipes is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we see Sean Mooney and he's uh, with um, oh, Diana. I fucking um, hated this interview with a passion. She is a bad interviewer. She's just so wooden. Oh, she, it was awful. She couldn't finish what she wanted to say, and she went, well, how many times did Sean Mooney like, like, basically have to cut her off and say, look, can you get to the fucking point, love? You, you, yeah. You're taking the piss here. This, oh, is why you so don't have, this is why you don't have non-wrestling people on like being interviewed on a show, or if you do, you give them some direction and say, look, just say that, say that. You've got this point, this point, this point to answer these questions keep it short keep it simple this felt like it went on for 20 minutes and but you know she's not to my knowledge she's never really been apart from being a member of the Hart family she's never been in, actively involved in wrestling no or any form of promo work yeah but you think no. about it you've, you've got people like miss elizabeth deborah mcmichael um sable you, um cheryl roberts you've got all these people that have come in and done an amazing job just as the spouse, and I mean, Sable went on to superstardom, sort of thing. So they, they weren't wrong to think they could use a spouse because you know there's clearly a blueprint there. But yeah, she was not the one, was she? No, maybe maybe not. ask her more than twenty minutes beforehand because she really didn't fucking want to be there. No, <laughs> doing that. Good. So it's uh, time for the main event. So out first, uh, sorry, it's the main events for the Intercontinental Championship. So out first is the British Bulldog, uh, accompanied by uh, the Canadian Lennox Lewis, representing the UK. Um, I'll be honest, Lennox, Lennox Lewis is actually my favourite boxer of all time, so it's great seeing him, to be fair. Great so, fighter. Uh, yeah. Great fighter. Uh, but yeah, so it was great to see them too. Uh, big roar from the crowd. And then Brett came out, big roar, few boos, which was expected, but still uh, big cheers for uh, Brett. And stare down a lock-up. Uh, Dan, we're going to go to you, the opening of this match. Uh, <laughs> it's just awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> before we even get to the opening of the match, there was a funny moment that I don't think I'd ever noticed before. When Brett does his usual thing of going to give the glasses to a kid at ringside, Brett holds his hand up for a high-five to the kid. The kid's yeah. dad goes to high-five Brett, and Brett just fucking ignores him. Oh, wow. Just completely <laughs> blanks him. With this guy's just left there just like, uh, 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 okay, no. <laughs> and the kid's just like in awe of Brett. Yeah. Just sat there. But I mentioned... Um, sort of the one-upsmanship earlier in the uh, the Michaels-Martel match. There was a, a lot of that in this match, but to like, just to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Just them both just trying to get one up on the other. Bulldog using his power, Brett trying to use the speed and technique. It was, but the atmosphere even now, and I must have watched this match 20 times in the last 24 hours. Um, just It was just electric. The whole thing was just electric. And, and a lot of it, 
is there is either Bulldog or Brett trying to work their way out of holds. It's it's what a lot of people would call sort of proper wrestling. The yeah. amount of time well, Brett goes to the headlock takeover or just has a has a headlock, and it's, it's we know why now because Bulldog was had spent three weeks getting off his tits with Jim Nida. Yeah, but, well, I, I think it was the second headlock takedown where uh, Bulldog went to him, Brett and Foot, and um, yeah. you, uh, you you could. You, you could tell as the match went on, but it didn't slow it down. Yeah, there was a few rest holds, but there was good timed rest holds. It made sense. And yeah, I mean, no disrespect to the Bulldog. We're all big fans of the Bulldog. And it's no disrespect to say that Brett dragged him through this match, but it's not like he dragged him like he was completely useless. He still done what he needed to do. And yeah. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, if this was Bulldog at, say, 50%, Imagine that the kind of match it would have been if Bulldog was at 100%, but just such a great match. And, I mean, if it was, like I said, Bulldog is one of our favourites, and he is good in the ring. Like, obviously, World of Sport upbringing, British wrestling, obviously he's good. But if he was in this ring with anyone else, may- maybe Owen Hart would have pulled a, a similar match out of him, but I doubt that even. But if it wasn't Brett, this would have been a catastrophe. But mm-hmm. such a great match, and Brett was just the greatest ring general in my opinion and the best storytelling in wrestling history and that's just me and I know I've joked about a few times earlier but I actually uh, messaged TJ Wilson Tyson Kid about this match today close and personal friend close personal friend of the show and uh, interview will be out uh, by now it will be out the time this goes out but I mean him spoke about this match like on the podcast but also in general and he went, yeah, he said it's a brilliant match. He said it's one of my favourites. Because uh, he, he he actually lived with uh, British Bulldog for a while. Uh, so he was actually really close to the Bulldog and his family. Um, but yeah, um, I ain't got... There's so many things about wrote down, but before we go back to Dan, uh, Mags, what was your favourite moments from this match? <laughs> I think... <Be> brief. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to piss on Dan's fire, but... Um... <laughs> I think the the match in in general now knowing what we know uh, of how this match went down and like like Dan said uh, with a uh, with a uh, bulldog being just high off his tits, um, the 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 rest holds and and the sleepers and the headlocks all now make sense because they're the points where Brett is kind of like walking bulldog. What's going to happen in the next couple of minutes? And it just it just. It's rubber stamps why Brett was one of the very best to ever be in the ring because he's taken a guy who, if you just, if you were able to direct him, this match would have been would have been horrific. Uh, and he's it, lucky really that Bulldog was still in some condition where he could take a couple of minutes direction at a time and still be able to pull off the moves. But yeah. Like I said, if imagine if Bulldog was a hundred percent like compass mentors in this match, it would have been probably the best match of all time. The fact that we've got a match that's still in that conversation with a, a bulldog who is fucked up beyond belief, it's absolutely outstanding. And it's it's by far the best intercontinental match uh, ever. And and it's it's got to be in com- the conversation for being one of the best matches of all time. Uh, and that's all down to how good of a, a ring general Bret Hart actually is. And it's kind of an advert for rest holds in general. I mean, rest holds are kind of really out of favour in the in the modern product. Everything has to be fast moving. You know, the uh, Randy Barton and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
but it can really add to it. It can really add to the level of intensity with the crowd. You know, mm. the, the crowd didn't see that as a bad thing. The crowd no. laps it up. I mean, to be fair, it was a very hot crowd and they were hot all night sort of mm-hmm. thing. So uh, it, it, it kind of did help it. But the crowd were invested in the rest holds. Um, and I guess without stealing Dan's thunder, um, you know, that these two go on and have another amazing match at Indie House 5. Um, yeah. We, we'll, we'll act quite lyrical about it when you watch that with us, James. Um, you know, uh, again, this kind of just magic together. Um, can't put a foot wrong. You, you just hear that match is on the card and you know it's going to be a banger. Yeah, and, um, and one thing I've noticed, like, going back, like I said, I've always been, perhaps my favourite wrestler, I've made that well known, but I, I love his suplexes, the way he would actually, like, you know, lift his feet, like, as he hits a suplex, it's great, and I always loved uh, Davey Boy's crucifix pins, he always seems to be so quick, and <laughs> just awesome, and obviously the turnbuckle spot, which we all know what Brett does, no one does a turnbuckle spot like him, rather going face forwards or backwards, Um just an unbelievable match. And, I mean, I know Bulldog was fucked all the way through this match, but it made for a guy who looked like he was really selling, because he was. <laughs> um, I've never seen better selling in a match. Uh, but, Dan, we'll go to your second diet tribe. Uh, hit us <laughs> up. Um, what else well, have you got to say? <laughs> it's funny you should mention uh, crucifix pins, because uh, pages 17 and 18 of my essay on this match actually deal with the crucifix pins. Allow me to read verbatim of what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there was so one of the first like really amazing moments in the match was when Brett goes for a punch, and Bulldog, whether it's Brett just managing the punch really well or Bulldog dodging it, Bulldog dodges it and hits hits that really quick crucifix pin, which is amazing. You think one two, uh, you know, obviously kick out, and then later on Bulldog they try and do a similar thing. Bulldog tries it again, and Brett just falls backwards. Yeah, for the two count, and um, Rob saying about the rest of and not to get all you know sort of old man yells at cloud but the rest holds just made the the action when it did go fast paced when they did have that burst of energy it just made it all mean that little bit more because you know shit what you know what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and then it blew okay they're back down they're gonna fight out the hold again is this it and it it's just like you, it kept you on the edge of your, edge of your seat it brought you it took you down it brought you back up whereas a lot of uh, going back to what Rob said, a lot of sort of modern stuffs just go 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 go. Like I, I, I bemoan all the false finishes in modern day wrestling, where they're taking you know a million finishes and kicking yeah. out at two or kicking out at one. This match had a lot of false finishes, but yeah. they all felt legit. They all felt like it could be like Bulldog grabbing a quick crucifix or Brett just dropping back on it. It's like. Is this going to be the end? Is this going to be the end? And skipping a lot of good action, but that's you know that's exactly how the match finishes. Yeah, it's catching and... a pinfall out of nowhere. That the built to it really well. Um, one thing I did want to mention, uh, going back to Lennox Lewis, is actually the um, during one of the rest holds, the commentary actually used it to hype uh, Lennox's next fight, which was yeah. the the fight versus. Razor Ruddock, not that one, not the footballer. That's who um, I thought it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was Donovan. It was Donovan Razor Ruddock, who was yeah. um, who was like a heavyweight uh, heavyweight contender. Uh, Lennox Lewis actually TKO'd him in two rounds. It, the fight was on Halloween. I did look into that um, because I had a minute. My, my internet was being a bastard. Um, Razor would have been wearing the Warriors skin suit, knowing uh, his path done for being naked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just... Uh, 
I could I could genuinely turn this into a four hour podcast just talking about this match, but I'll I'll spare you the uh, I'll spare I'll spare you that. <laughs> and yeah, just a brilliant match. Uh, I don't think we can do it justice in going over it, but we're, we're trying. But I mean, Bulldog hits his standing suplex, which is you know I mentioned I love Brett's short suplex where he lifts his feet, but Brett, uh, Bulldog's standing suplex. I've always loved. Uh, it hits the power slam and gets a two count. I actually think this is the first time someone kicked out of the power slam as well. So it was quite a big moment. And then the uh, top rope superplex gets a two. Uh, then double clothesline. And I think I got my stories mixed up because I thought it was the Mr. Perfect match where <laughs> not um, Brett got due. Yeah, I got mixed up. So the night before, Brett was uh, in the hotel room with Julie, which made a change. And uh, he's totally get on the laid on the floor and he found a way to hook a sharpshooter in and then use it in this match. So that's where it came in. So I found got it mixed up with the perfect one, but it was this one. Gets that was him in the sharp... a cool spot. Yeah. yeah. That was brilliant. Gets him in the sharpshooter and uh, Bulldog reaches the ropes and then the finish comes. Uh, Brett attempts a sunset flip. Uh, Bulldog reverses it. One, two, three. Massive roar from the fans. Uh, new IC champ. And then I suppose it's the aftermath as well. So the Bulldog's there offering a handshake to Brett. Uh, Brett stalls. And then um, Brett eventually goes over to hugs him. Diana joins. Pyro hits. And yeah, I think that, well, it is. This is the biggest moment in the uh, British Bulldog's career. And unfortunately, after this show, um, he's gone. Um, But before we talk about that, uh, yeah, review this match. I mean, uh, I, uh, so... I said to um, Tyson Kidd, for, I do believe Shawn Michael, uh, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart is Mr. SummerSlam. Uh, and we'll go into it in a bit, but I personally think this is the greatest SummerSlam match of all time. It's the greatest main event of SummerSlam of all time, hands down, but I can't think of any other SummerSlam matches that actually tops this match. I mean, you, you very well could be right. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head what's as, as good as this. And I think it, it's telling that um, when we get to the end of the match, uh, even Vince doesn't uh, doesn't kind of like do any kind of over overbearing commentary. He just lets the picture of of, uh, of Bulldog winning the title and what it meant to him just tell the tell the story is so so good. It was a brilliant moment, an absolutely brilliant moment. And then I think he says later on that this is could be one of the greatest matches of all time, and he's actually right because it, it is one of the greatest matches of all time. Um, so yeah, I, I, we can't wax lyrical enough about this match. It's so damn good. Rob, I can't believe um, no one's mentioned. Um... Right at the end, you just get Lord Alfred Hayes in a voiceover go cheering yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where does this come from? <laughs> I blocked that from my mind. It was terrible. But this yeah. match, you, you say about it being the greatest SummerSlam match of all time, this is legitimately my favourite match of all time. Yeah. It was incredible. The, I think the, the finish to this match, when you see the crowd reaction, I think it's what people refer to in football these days as absolute fucking limbs. Just oh, yeah. people up everywhere. It was, oh, I, I just yeah. I'll, I'll go off again if I carry on talking. Yeah, you can make you can make the case. Sorry, uh, you can make the case it's the greatest IC title match. The only other t- IC title match that can rival it is Savage and Steamboat. Hmm. Yeah. If I was being super critical, though, you're not going to be. No, no, I am. Um, 
and and this, you know, ninety two isn't perhaps the era of this, but it would have kind of been nice if there'd been a more partisan crowd. I mean, Brett still had his supporters within the match, um, mm. but you know, if, if this had been uh, a, a bit later on, you might have got that sort of, you know, um, like Cena on ECW one night stand or the um, against CM Punk sort of thing where the entire crowd's against yeah. him. Um, you know, the, it, it, if we'd have had that, I think it would have been slightly better. But that, that's kind of the only criticism I can give it, really. And I think that yeah, goes I, to it being a, but the the UK in general, as far as WWE goes, even nowadays, we you know, before, you know, pre-COVID, we got two tours a year, so it's it's a very deprived market, and you're getting two big personalities who are essentially faces like Bulldog and Brett. That they're both going to get cheered. Brett did a great job of of getting heat throughout the match. He had a, a few times when he when he you know had his shenanigans and a few of the more heelish um, traits took over. He he got solid boos. Yeah, yeah, I get where you're coming from, though, Rob. The thing was as well, though, um, and it's the reason Brett's getting this mega push, which we'll see in the next show. But Brett was just so over in Europe, and Mm. like in the UK, and especially Germany, he was (laughs) that he was uh, in his book. uh, They said like you're getting more male than Hogan, Um, and it's the reason he gets the push instead of uh, someone else, which I'll talk about the next show. You're not going to be believer it is. But um, yeah, um, I can understand where you're coming from, Rob. That, yeah, it'd be nice to have that classic heel for baby face. But I don't know. I think this, that kind of led to the match because both of them was beloved. And it's not just that. The brother-in-laws, they're legit family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that you got these two baby faces who you both love, not just that, they're both family and they love each other. And it's kind of splitting your allegiances aside thinking... I don't know which one I want to win. I think that adds to the drama. You don't really know who you want to win. Obviously, Bulldog's the baby, the main baby first night because obviously it's the UK. But I, to be honest, I actually personally think that adds to it. Well, if, if this think... in America, we could have got a, a nice USA tramp going for Brett, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we? We will not talk about that Cody Rhodes promo. <laughs> oh, I haven't God. seen it yet. But, oh, it's funny. <laughs> what, what I would say is, I think we were saying earlier about Michaels versus Martell and how heel versus heel doesn't often work. The same can be said for face versus face. Mm-hmm. You know, how often do you get two sort of beloved baby faces actually get this kind of reaction? You know, fair enough, Brett got the booze and he, and he took on a more heelish role. But they're yeah. still both getting cheered at the end. Where it's kind of oh, like, yeah. yeah, you've been a dick, but we love you so much, we'll forgive it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's something that you don't really see till WrestleMania 17 with Stone Cold yeah. and The Rock. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, hell of a match. And yeah, unfortunately, that's the end of the Bulldog for the time being. So uh, we mentioned the Warrior. I think what it was, they, they was getting like a shipment. And I think it was a legal shipment they was getting. I think that's what it was. But because the pressure was getting to Vince, it gave him an excuse to fire him. So I think that's what it was. Um but yeah, the greatest moment of uh, Bulldog's career, um, easily. Uh, obviously, I've interviewed his daughter and we spoke about it the night before and what how he felt and like that day and things like that. And uh, Sean Mooney like said this is his favorite pay per view he's been a part of as well, and this is his favorite match as well. Um, so yeah, great uh, moment. But yeah, Bulldog sadly leaves, um, joins WCW, which it's weird seeing him in WCW. Um, 
teams that were staying against uh, Fader and Sid, uh, Psycho Sid, uh, Sid Fishers, and we see that Beach Blast, that classic uh, mini-movie, which is hilarious. Uh, but the next time we do see Davy Boy, I think he returns in 95, early 95, I think he returns. Um, or 90, No, 94, I think he returns, actually. Yeah, so not too long we have to wait till we see him, but still be uh, missed there. But yeah, after this, he actually drops the title to Shawn Michaels at the... Uh, Sad Night's main event, and originally he was actually going to be working with uh, Doink as well, I think, at WrestleMania, but he kind of looked at it as like a demotion, uh, even though the original Doink character, which we'll get into next show, possibly the show after, the original heel Doink was actually a great character, but yes, that's us see Bulldog go, but yes, yeah, so that's um, SummerSlam, uh, the buy rate was actually down from the year before, and but the gates was massively up, and for merchandise on the day, they sold approximately 1.4 million pounds worth of merchandise. Uh, so that actually uh, worked out to like basically everyone in attendance buying a t-shirt a piece. So and a lot of phone fingers. Oh, yeah, a lot of phone hell, fingers. Hell, a lot of them, and a lot of the <laughs> the, the the phony uh, um, uh, uh, LOD shoulder pads. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you can't. You're you're not really surprised why they sell so much merch because. That they're saving on shipping and things like that, so that's why. And if you're looking at legit numbers for attendance, I think this is still in the top five, uh, even the top three of all-time attendance. I think it's been beaten by WrestleMania 29, and uh, I forgot the other show it's been b- broken by, but it definitely beat WrestleMania 3, uh, which they say was 93,000, but it wasn't. It was more close to 77, I think, 76. So this was actually beginning of WrestleMania 3. But, and that was one thing I forgot to mention, the the amount of people <laughs> in that stadium. It was, and I mean, especially, you know, we've been watching wrestling where there's been no fans, but to mm-hmm. see a sea of fans everywhere. and It was jam-packed. It, yeah, they was just up for it all night. Uh, so before we do get to awards, I mean, thoughts on the show? Um, I, I I can't say top to bottom. It was like a WrestleMania 17, like, but I really enjoyed the show. This is probably one of my favorite reviews I've done, uh, favorite shows I've watched up to now. Um, I definitely rate it really good. So, uh, Max, what did you think to the show? Yeah, um, being fully, fully biased as 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 a, a card carrying Brit, I think this is one of the best shows, uh, certainly of this era, and and I think a lot of the matches actually still stand up. Uh, are still really entertaining. There's some some kind of like filler in there. I understand that, but when you've got uh, a, as match as good as as the main event and even the the Savage and Warrior match, uh, you've got a half decent pay per view there. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it uh, as much now as I, as I remember enjoying it when I watched it when it was uh, aired in 1992. Oh, Rob? Yeah, um, just on that, um, getting a lower buy rate from the previous year, it's, it's probably just worth mentioning that that was the, uh, 91 was the only SummerSlam that outsold the WrestleMania in the same year. So yeah. it's really an, an anomaly that you're comparing it to. So, you know, it... it, it you know, obviously was great for business all round. Um, in terms of the show, the crowd were just on it all night, and that lifts the show. You know, so, some shows we've watched have been, you know, they've been good in parts and lukewarm in others. You know, but yeah, like you say, it's, it's the best show we've we've watched. You know, it's um, hard to believe we're still 
within 12 months of uh, Survivor Series 91. So go mm. from that. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you consider it at that level, it, it, it's just brilliant. Dan? I've just got so much nostalgia and bias for this because Brett versus Bulldog is the first match I remember watching as as a kid. I was I was about I was three years old when it first aired, and I think I watched it that year. But this show, top to bottom, I had a VCR of it. I've it was one of the first, you know, the uh, the Silver Vision Classics collection, like double DVDs yeah. and all that. I've yeah. still got that upstairs, and it's got it's got the uh, you know the missing matches. So I absolutely adore this show. You know, it's got its faults. It all does. Um, Rob was exactly right about the crowd. It's, but again, it goes back to being a deprived market. They always get great reactions from the UK when when British fans and European fans travel for for WrestleMania. Always add to the uh, the atmosphere of any occasion. The the cheered through the roof of fucking Virgil. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> you know? Do you think it's a coincidence? This is our favorite pay per view, and this is the first pay per view without Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've I've missed moaning about him. Yeah. <laughs> Does it feel weird that there's no Hogan, or is it like you, you didn't really notice? Couldn't it felt weird there was no fire match, to be fair. I thought, mm. I, thought, I thought that was weird, but I didn't miss Hogan. No. Yeah. Right, so we'll go to awards. Um, I think this is probably going to be the easiest awards show we do tonight, to be honest, but we'll start off with match of the night. Do we really need to talk about it? <laughs> What more can be said about what more can be said about Virgil versus Nails? <laughs> Repo Man v Crush Man Crush was like you know, Mister SummerSlam tonight. <laughs> no need, absolutely no need. <laughs> so, and, uh, and I mean, this is a fun fact for you. So, since starting the show, I mean, I presume we're going Brett Bulldog. Yeah, um, absolutely no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> this is actually the third year on the bounce that uh, Brett Hart's won matches at night at SummerSlam. Um, yeah, so the, the, so the fir- is. yeah, the first SummerSlam done was ninety. That was with like one of my old co-hosts, and uh, it was him and uh, Anvil Heart uh, Foundation against Demolition. That two out of three falls match, which was a great match. And that actually won match of the year that year as well for nineteen ninety. Uh, then obviously last year against Perfect, that won the SummerSlam match of the night, and that also won match of the year for ninety one. Obviously, he's winning match of the night tonight. Uh, it's a good chance he's possibly winning 1992 match of the year, so that's how good Brett is, and especially at SummerSlam. And that's why I said, like, I, I know I've joked around saying, you know, I've been talking to TJ Wilson, but you've not mentioned it. I, oh, I, no. I, I didn't think you'd even spotted TJ. Who is TJ Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> but, him TJ Wills. <laughs> TJ Wills. Uh, but I said to him, I said, we need to get it got on the fact uh, Brett Hart is Mr. SummerSlam, and he said, I've never really thought of it till now, he said, and you are 100% right. So, and I said to him, I said, so if I see a documentary about it on the network, I know who the credit, he went, yep. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, some, he's definitely Mr. SummerSlam, and I mean, he's got some good matches to go, but, um, yeah. Didn't he, uh, he wrestle uh, Owen in a cage match at uh, SummerSlam? Is that 94? 94. Yeah, I mean, that's a banger of a match as well. So, yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head with him being Mr. SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I presume we all agree on that. Uh, moment of the night. Um, hmm. Uh, we'll start with you, Max. What's your moment of the night? Um, I, I can imagine it, it'll be involved in this match, but, yeah, yeah what's your it, moment it, of the night? It's got to be. It's got to be Bulldog uh, winning the title and, and 
Brett and, and Diana all like celebrating in the ring. It's just the the best way to end a, a, a fully fledged British WWF pay per view. Uh, yeah, it was such a, a, a cool moment. Yeah, so I've got to go with that. Uh, Rob? Yeah, well, pretty much the same thing. I, I've put down, um, you know, the, the Bulldog sort of sitting down and catching that pin. Because it yeah. kind of shock from the crowd as well, because you didn't, you don't really expect it to end there, and then yeah. that, that that moment, and then sort of the elation. So, but it's basically the same thing. Yeah, Vince actually didn't know the finish. Uh, Brett said to him, he said, "Do you want to know the finish?" He went surprised me. So Vince McMahon genuinely didn't know what the finish was going to be. That obviously he knew that Bulldog was going over, but he didn't know the exact finish. Uh, and great finish, uh, Dan. Uh, your moment tonight, I could imagine it's the same. <laughs> yeah, it is. You, you just can't argue with it, and it, it is like Rob says that moment when he sits down, the three counts down, the crowd realise, and I said before, just everybody's up cheering, arms flailing everywhere. It's you just can't beat it. And again, obviously we're we're going to be we're going to be biased, you know, for Englishmen, but just what I'm, I, I I I was kind of hyperbolically calling it the uh, the the pinnacle of pro wrestling on Twitter the other day, but it's. For a lot of people, that was the height of their fandom, especially for UK fans. So yeah. that's not an exaggeration. Um, but yeah, so that's two clean sweeps. So this one, it might be split or might be the same. MVP of the night. Uh, me personally, I'll start things off. I want to say Bulldog, but i got to say Brett, because not only... Did he, you know, it's 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 a bit disparaging to say he dragged Bulldog to a great match. He, he did and he didn't, like because Bulldog had the capabilities. But without Brett, we wouldn't have got this match. And not only did he put Bulldog over massive that night, he showed the world. He was like, yeah, I'm next in line to become WWF champion. So for me, it's Brett tonight. Uh, Mags, same. I think uh, knowing now what we know about. Uh, uh, Bulldog's uh, condition going into the match, that that to me puts him over the top. The fact that he was able to to get a five star classic match out of somebody who was who was uh, not of sound mind at the time is it just proves he he was the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. So yeah, I've got to give it to Brett. Well said, uh, Rob. Um, well, I, I've kind of looked at it from a kayfabe point of view and said Bulldog. Um, yeah. Just sort of, you know, the sort of the emotion that he had to, had to be had to be awkward, didn't you, Rob? Couldn't just say <laughs> Brett, could you? <laughs> see what I have to, see what I have to deal to with awkward. every week. <laughs> I, I've, I've said Bulldog, but I've also put slash the crowd because yeah. crowd elevated this show. Yeah, yeah. You know, and as, as Dan said, staff market or whatever, but yeah, they, they need they need a, a pat on the back. Dan. Uh, I've gone Brett again for for all the reasons we just oh, detailed. Scenes that you didn't pick nails. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did want to give an honourable mention to Savage uh, for getting another cracking match out of Warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't just you know getting a cracking match out of a physically inept Warrior doesn't trump getting a uh, getting a getting a, a, what would have been a seven star classic if it was in the Tokyo Dome match um, yeah. out of Bulldog Hoops. Possibly inebriated. Yeah, we, po- we had possibly. <laughs> we just got. We just got to argue. We, we just got. We just got to argue over over what degree. 
<laughs> cool. And yeah, I'm mullet of the night. Uh, he, I played my cards earlier. I got to say, Krish, that was it, it, it was a great mullet, and for a debut as well, uh, well a re-debut you could say. But Krish had a fantastic mullet tonight. Uh, Mags, yeah, same. The long flowing uh, uh, party at the back, the tall kind of almost like Sean, um, uh, Shane McMahon style uh, hairdo at the front. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a king mullet. Rob. Yeah, I've gone for Crush as well. And um, it, it's just counterpointed by um, the lack of Repo Man's hair compared to that glorious pain of Crush. <laughs> this Repo Man disparagement, I'm not happy. Oh, don't worry, we haven't got much Repo Man left, to be honest, so we're going to be sad soon. <laughs> Dan, who's your mother tonight? Crush is a strong choice, a very strong choice. But, but I spotted someone in the crowd... <laughs> <laughs> two, if, if you pause, if you pause the uh, the rec- if you pause the recording at two minutes thirty-seven, and you look at the crowd, and the, if you look in the top left-hand corner, the seventh person from the left. Uh, no, I can't even carry that on. Um, <laughs> um, I'm actually I'm actually going for. You what, Rob? At least you give a timestamp as opposed to just letting you the entire three-hour break. <laughs> um, no, I, I was going to go crush, but I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be a dick and give it to uh, break the clean sweep and go for uh, go for Mike Kyoda because he was actually rocking a very subtle mullet. It yeah. was just just professional enough, but he still had a little bit at the back there, just uh, just dangling down. Cool. So that's the end of the show, lads. Uh, Kraken Show. I really enjoyed us tonight. And the next pay per view we're doing be Survivor Series '92 to uh, end '92. It feels like this. Year we've reviewed this is actually flying by. Uh, no, this Tuesday in Texas this year, so it's only four shows this year, unfortunately. Oh, uh, hopefully, we, Survivor we'll soon get into the we we'll soon get into the in your house years, though. Uh, I think I worked it out that this sh- the time we finish this year, I think we finish SummerSlam 93, 94, no, SummerSlam 94. I think we finish, so uh, we'll be well into the new generation era, so uh. Once we hit them in your house, as God help us, and what, like the Monday Night Raws as well, what, we're going into that era soon. So I'm thinking, do we have to watch all these Monday Night Raws to keep going like where we are? And in your houses, that's where. Like, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see how far this chat show goes to us. These reviews. I mean, I, obviously the the very last pay per views I'm getting ninety nine. So if we can make that, it'd be amazing. But we've got a lot of shows till then. But awesome stuff. But before we do go, uh, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, Max, which podcast are you representing this week? <laughs> okay. So firstly, you may have noticed I've changed my Twitter handle. I've, uh, I'm now officially pod at Podfather Max. Um, uh, and I'm actually going to give a, a bit of a scoop to uh, to this uh, to this show. Um, I've got my Badland replacement um we've we've started recording a few episodes we've uh, we're going to be doing uh, me tanner from radio techers and uh aura are going to be doing a, a a review of all the the roles and pay-per-views from uh the attitude era uh we called the podcast is going to be called a change in attitude uh and oh, the nice. reason the reason why it's us three is because I, I lived and breathed the Attitude Era uh, in my youth. Tanner was kind of like a, a, a channel hopper, so he, he watched both that and WCW. And Ori got into wrestling 
after the Attitude Era. So we've got like three different kind of perspectives of of, uh, of our knowledge of the Attitude Era. So hopefully we'll bring uh, like all different conversations uh, to the table there. But that by the time this episode drops, that uh, will have, have hopefully started on on chair shot. So I'm going to be representing that today. Go and follow that at ACIA Pod. Awesome, can't wait. And uh, Rob and Dan, uh, UTD Podcast, doing some great stuff at the minute. We'll tell everyone where they can find it. Well, I, I, I'm just going to say, Max, I think it's disgraceful that you, you can't just jump to the Attitude Area. You have to sit through some 95 shit before you're allowed. Well, actually, to be fair, we didn't... We didn't. Uh, a lot of people that seem to think the Attitude Area starts at, at the, the screw job, Montreal screw job. Uh, but we've actually gone back to essentially the start of Stone Cold. So we've started with the King of the Ring 1996, and we're going to f- follow it all the way through to uh, essentially when the Attitude Area ends. Well, so you haven't started with the cure for the common cold. No, the cure for the common show. That's your length. Bit, the cure for the common right. <laughs> you drink it out of your keyboard. Yeah. And if you want to hear a show that does give um, the episode of Raw, which is some people say the start of the Attitude Era, the cure for the common show, we've reviewed that on UTT podcast, uh, which you can find on the same channel that you listen to this if you're listening on podcast or search UTT podcast in your podcast provider. You can find me at UTT Rob. It's more about mutuals than followers, so I'm more than happy to follow back. Awesome. And Dan? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Dan Griffin 21, usually tweeting uh, wrestling that's at least six weeks behind uh, and potentially live. I've not done it for a while, but potentially live tweeting movies uh, that are 25 years old that I'm watching for the first time. Uh, Rob occasionally lets me uh, go on the uh, the UTT podcast Twitter account uh, at UTT podcast. I've, I've not made any major fuck ups yet, but it's only a matter of time. So, yeah, give us a follow. It'd be great to have you all along. Awesome. And for everyone who wants to follow me, follow me on Twitter at 90s Wrestling Pod. Follow me on Instagram, that 90s Wrestling Podcast. And I've also got a Facebook page if you want. And uh, that's where I put a lot of the links to the show. So if you're on Facebook, uh, yeah, hit me up on there and I'll be sure to uh, be friends with you back on it. And if you are listening to this on their podcast form, please give us a uh, five star rating, comment, and subscribe. It really does help the channel out. And same if you're on YouTube, please give us a like. Uh, comment and share and tell your friends and the more subscribers, likes and uh, five star reviews we get the more publicity the channel gets which means the more guests I can get and uh, try and provide you with some entertaining stories so thanks again everyone for listening to this and yeah next show Survivor Series 92 uh, we're fastly approaching the new generation era, a lot of changes uh, especially with the next show and uh, yeah definitely a different era we're definitely going into so till then, catch you in the next one Oh,